Hi, and welcome to the 12th House Podcast. I'm Michelle Pellis on Lipsitz, your co-host and the head witch in charge here at Holisticism. And I am delighted to, to be on the, on the mic today and for this series of revisiting. We're circling back on some of the concepts, ideas, topics that we've already talked about at Holisticism. And I just like this practice, this sort of retrograde practice of returning back to something that you thought you maybe made up your mind about or you thought you knew everything about. I don't know. Do, does anyone really think they know everything about everything or anything? I don't. But really, I do think it's healthy to examine our meaning-making systems, the our worldview, the way that we see the world and understand the world, and just press on it and ask ourselves periodically, is this still true? And is this still true to me? Because listen, we go through life, we have new experiences, we learn new things, and that perspective that we have is mutable. And it should be. I think that that's the sign of a healthy and intelligent person. So one of the things that we wanted to circle back to was the concept of manifestation. Now, we've talked a lot about manifestation on the podcast here. We've had some amazing guests because manifestation is definitely not my expertise. And if you're anything like me, you maybe have a a fraught relationship to the word manifestation or even the practice. I think if you grew up in or around the time of the secret and when law of attraction was really trending in, you know, for our generation of people in 2000, let's say probably eight and beyond to around like maybe 25. 2018, before the dawn of TikTok, you probably have a lot of a lot of connotations with the word, with the word manifestation, with the concept of law of attraction, whatever you might want to call it. Now it's kind of a punchline, right? Like, oh, did you manifest it or is it white privilege? Or we sort of like roll our eyes as we say, oh, I totally manifested them almost as a joke. But manifestation as a concept has really picked up because it's been sort of rediscovered by Gen Z thanks to TikTok. And it's definitely made us wonder at holisticism and think about well, how do we relate to manifestation now? A few years into running this podcast and with some away from the manifestation community, how do we think about it? Because maybe manifestation is just a different word for something that we're all maybe trying to do, which is create a life that we love and that we're proud of and that we feel empowered to build, that we feel like we have some agency in. Now, I think at its worst, manifestation makes you feel the opposite, right? It makes you feel like you're at the whims of something else, right? You have no agency, no personal sovereignty, no choice. But I think at its best, this conversation around manifestation does empower us to to choose, right? And to shift our perspective. And there's a lot to be said. Mm, you guys, I have been, I don't know how, I don't, I do not know how, but I am getting targeted. There's like, like viciously by this manifestation community with these Instagram ads that are so embarrassing and they are so like gross. They just make me like, feel like I'm like covered in slime whenever I see them (laughs) and read them because they're they are so about like FOMO and, oh, do you want to manifest your dream house? This could be your dream house, but instead you're scrolling or you could manifest this dream house, except, but instead you're scrolling on Instagram. 
weird. <laughs> Not how I would market something, but okay. And, you know, just because I'm a curious little kitten, had to click through and read the sales page of what these people were selling. And it was so like, it was so ick to me because it really preyed upon that fear of missing out. And also, oh, if you saw this, it's because you were destined, you manifested this information. And if you clicked on this, it was destined to find you. Amigo, it wasn't destined to find me. You specifically threw ad dollars behind a very specific algorithm, put in my statistics, 30 something year old woman living on the east side of LA who's into spirituality, astrology, and I don't know, like scent, nice scented candles, and uh, bing, bang, boom. Of course, I'm gonna, you're going to come up on my feed if you throw enough money behind Facebook ads and Instagram ads. I didn't manifest this like uh, you manifested me, if anything. <laughs> so clearly, I am still working through my thoughts around some people in the culture of manifestation. But luckily for all of us, I got the chance to talk to P the Fury. P is just one of our one of our angels, honestly. We got to work with P for an entire year as part of our visionary in residence program. And it was so cool to see them evolve and tr just transform over time and to get to spend time with them and see how their brain works and their approach to work and self-work. Self and they're infinitely inspiring. And I think you're really going to love this episode with them. One thing that I ad admire so much about P is I always know what I'm going to get because there's no like, <laughs> I don't know, there's no obscuring. P just like comes as they are <laughs> to the table. And it feels as if there is no shame there. Like they, they do such a good job of showing up. Um, and I love to know people like that who stand in their own integrity, even if we disagree on certain things. And I think that empowers more people to stand in integrity for what they believe in. Also, it doesn't hurt that P is a pretty genius educator and teacher when it comes to something they call timeline jumping, what we might call like quantum leaping or timeline collapsing, or what others might call manifesting. So I think you're really going to like today's episode because just hearing P's perspective on kind of how manifestation has evolved over time and how most people, a lot of people are approaching it now, especially those who might consider themselves spiritually evolved is fascinating. And I think you're going to learn a lot and really like this and leave feeling empowered. And without further ado, let's just get into the episode. Here's P. I'm so excited to be talking to you. So much has changed since the last time we spoke. <laughs> it's been a while. It has been. What was it? Last, it's been almost... Probably Almost. like a year. Yeah. Because right? it was 2021. And I know that because I, I know where I, what year it is by where I lived. <laughs> so 2021. That's a good, that's a good way to like have the chapters of your life. What's, what's your character that you're embodying right now? Oh, priority, prioritizing feeling good is just really the most simple thing that I can return to daily. So I'll say that. I like that. It's simple, but also complex because not everyone puts that as their highest priority. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's actually, it's so funny because people almost have to be convinced, including myself, that feeling good is like probably important. 
Yeah. This is something that you should, you know, play with, think about. Yeah. And that it's within reach, you know, like, yeah, I was thinking about it today. My, I have a three month old and I didn't, we didn't sleep very well. Well, He slept great, but I was up late last night working and I woke up and I was like, oh, I should be tired. I should be grumpy because I'm tired. And then I was like, wait, but I'm not. It's fine. (laughs) It was so, it was like such a weird out of body experience where I was like, but I'm, I can be happy. It's all good. And it, I've never, I've never really like had that shift before that mental shift. And Mm. it's funny that it's just sitting right there. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's tiredness is a hilarious one because tiredness you associate it with like, I'm miserable, but it's actually just like, oh, no, my energy is just gone. I'm fine, but <laughs> yeah. my body's tired. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's it. Yeah. It doesn't like have to mean anything really. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so there's that. But P, I do have to just say that you are a genius. <laughs> so I hope that that's not embarrassing to you. And such a just magnetic creator, I think. And one thing that I've always loved about you is that you are not one, to shy away from expressing your opinions, even if they're unpopular online. And I've always admired that. Like, I love that you're not afraid of being canceled because I think that keeps a lot of people really small. Did you, was that, has that always been part of your DNA or was that like a conscious thing that you had to decide? Well, mix of both because I, my mom raised me to not fear anyone but God and her. Like she <laughs> just told me like, She's like, none of these humans matter, but me and like, God, that's it. Just, I don't give a damn about anybody else. You listen to me and God. Um, We are one in the same. That's it. (laughs) Honestly, it definitely felt like that. But then probably when I like got to over maybe 17,000 followers or something like that on Instagram, I was like, hmm, suddenly sometimes random people have something to say about what I'm saying. And that's weird. Um, and then I could like suddenly feel the perception, especially, so I am someone who definitely, I believe in the rights of human beings and I love humans. And that tends to my, my beliefs about humanity and freedom tend to align a lot with like the left side. And so I am sometimes automatically like put in that category. And so when I say things that don't really go with that label, suddenly when I had a lot of followers, then there would be people who were kind of like, what? Like, you can't do that. And then I was like, this is weird. And so I had a little bit of like weirdness around that. And I was just like, oh no, they're going to think I'm evil and bad. Like they're going to think I'm a terrible person. So I had, I had a period of time where I had to examine my like fear of being perceived as bad and like, am I bad? And so I went through that experience and then I decided that I'm not bad. <laughs> and so now I'm not really concerned no. about There you go. Done and d- done and dusted. That's it. <laughs> yeah. It took, it took a few months, but then I was like, I'm just not bad. I don't, that's, that's I'm, it. So I'm impressed that that took you a few months because that's taken me years to, to know about myself that I am not bad and that someone else thinking I'm bad doesn't change the like nature of who I am. It just is someone else's perception. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny because when I hear people say like other people's perception of you is more about them than it is about you, then I'm like, I'd roll my eyes kind of. And I think it's just because it's said so often that like you roll your eyes when you hear something over and over again. And so when I can hear myself say that sometimes I'm like, I cringe, Mm -hmm. but it is partially true that people's perception of yourself, they can only perceive you within the, the limits of 
their understanding of other human beings. And so I can't really, I can't make someone more conscious of the way that humans are multidimensional. That's Mm -hmm. only they can do that. And it strikes me that that's kind of the point. I think that that's the point of art, right? Is to help us like have a deeper empathy for more, for humankind and experience things that we don't directly experience, right? Like that we don't go through in our lives. And you are an incredible artist. And I, I wonder if that's just like something innate in you because because of what you create all the time oh like the like understanding humans yeah just understanding that there's a depth of experience and and trying to get people to like show leading people to experience new things through the work that you create i'd say so and being a scorpio (laughs) scorpios are some of the most understanding people and people don't know that but all the Scorpios I know are so understanding. It's like, I get it. Oh, yeah, because Scorpio feels every the depth of every feeling. Like, y- you think that you felt every shade of anger? You haven't <laughs> until you meet a Scorpio. Or heartbreak. Like, oh, my God, Scorpio, don't break up with a Scorpio. As a Scorpio <laughs> moon, I can say, I feel like I can say that. Like, it's, we're, we feel like we're going to die, you know? Yeah. It's yes, intense. It's the end of the world. Yeah. So you've really delved into timeline jumping. I think when we first started working together with VIR, you had just kind of like begun to offer it and you changed your mind a bit about like, you know, coaching people or teaching people because initially I remember in our onboarding meeting, you were like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) I don't want to teach anyone anything. I don't want to be anyone's teacher or guide. (laughs) And then by the end of the year, you're like, okay, it's kind of cool. I kind of like it. Can you explain to anyone who is not already familiar with your work, what timeline jumping is? Yes. So first of all, it's not that serious and it's serious. I really like to start out <laughs> with that. It ain't um, that deep, but it is that deep. Yes. And because sometimes people come across it, they're like, and they say so much and I can feel all of the like angst behind it. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, like, it's okay. It's, it's okay. <laughs> but it is a modality that is designed to help you access desired versions of yourself. And also another way that I use it with clients is to neutralize your perception of yourself. So kind of like mellow out judgments on yourself as well. So shifting people's perceptions of themselves and also just accessing more of yourself. It's and a, a big thing to know is that like timeline jumping isn't carrying you into this version of yourself that's like this invention. It's it's you. It exists. It's a more true version of the self. I like to refer to like Michelangelo's quote about sculpture. Mm-hmm. And how the sculpture exists inside the slab of stone, but you just carve away to find it inside of that slab of stone. So that's timeline jumping. So that can be done more than once. The the chipping away, it's almost, is it like we create a new sort of marble facade each time when we, when we do a timeline jump and we're just kind of like finding, or is it that we're finding more details about that? I feel like we're always, we're always creating ourselves. Yeah. Anytime you have an experience, you're creating yourself because as soon as you like, okay, so maybe when I was little, I used to hate the color pink. I was just like, pink sucks, terrible, hate it. And then I decided at some point, pink is okay. Pink is a color that I can use for, I'm not going to paint my room pink. I know that, but I like to use pink for certain things. And so like anytime you have an experience, you may have been a version of yourself at some point, but you can continue to carve and create yourself daily not can you you do and so through timeline jumping you do it but more consciously yeah you don't like totally wipe the slate clean and become a like completely different person you still carry that library of knowledge and experience and just into a new with like some more books maybe 
like some yes. more resources. And yes. to any to like put it plainly, when you embody a new character, right, or you timeline jump, it gets you closer to the thing that you want that maybe felt really far away in a the current iteration of you. Is that right? Absolutely. Because okay, so let's say that you are someone who wants to be a successful artist. And right now, the way that you're seeing yourself is I'm just this person who's working at this one place. I'm just this random like NPC in the world. I I want to, I want to be this like genie artist who's known at these galleries. But the thing is, you don't think like that artist. You don't act like that artist. You don't speak like that artist. You don't see the world like that artist would see the world. But when you timeline jump, you literally get to access the version of yourself who is that artist. And they will walk down the street and see different things than the person who thinks that they're just an NPC sees. It's it like, I, at some point, I'm going to get a brain scan like before and after I timeline jump because literally my brain works differently. Like the, the way that I think hear things it's different it's not the same yeah I feel like I've experienced this before and we kind of talk about something similar at holisticism but I'm going through a sommelier course right now with my dad to be like a wine master and part of it is you know like smelling like smelling different wines and understanding where they come from picking up all the notes and that used to be something that was just that felt like impossible to me I'm like it smells like alcohol but I'll drink it and now that I'm like no I'm a sommelier and I'm really good at this. And like, I can pick out all these scents and notes. I can do, I can smell so many things like everywhere. It's crazy. Like I almost can't even wear perfume anymore because I'm just, it's not like I'm practicing necessarily. It's just that I just decided like, I'm going to be really good at this. And it's, it, it does light up your brain in a different way. It's almost like that aware, when you shine a light on that awareness, like you can't unsee it or you can't unknow it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Totally. And it's, and it's so funny because, and I, I like repost my own posts all the time, but when I, for instance, like with business things, whenever I'm not like tapped into the version of myself as a successful business owner, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I did to get here. I don't understand. Sorry. I don't know. If that's you know um, but I'm like, cool. like, I don't know what just happened. I don't understand. I'm looking around confused, shook a five-year-old in this house that somehow <laughs> I'm like, living in and then I tap into that version of myself and I'm like oh no I totally understand how that happened and I'm like what and it can it there's literally like minutes between those versions of myself and it's hilarious Mm -hmm. when does that like the the wave of oh my god how the fuck did I get here how like what does anything trigger that or is that just kind of like like it's like you're like falling asleep or something and you kind of have to like shake the blood back into it it tends to be when I like devalue myself for an extended period of time. Like if, if I have like two or three days of feeling like mm, I could do better, I could do better. Then it starts to like, it starts to build momentum into like, I never knew anything ever in my life. Mm. And then, then I'm like, I don't know how that. That's <laughs> like classic black or white thinking, right? Like the super extreme of like, not that like I kind of know some things like, no, I, I literally don't know anything. I'm illiterate. <laughs> I don't know. How- so don't know how anything happens. <laughs> so, but when you devalue yourself, does that often come from like productivity and kind of like your your mindset is counterculture, I would say, or like the vast mm-hmm. culture. Is it from having to like flex that muscle of holding your own meaning making yes. system all the time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It definitely, if I can. So I, in human design, I have a completely open heart. And so I can 
feel value. Like, and I understand how weird value is and how made up it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's almost like I can feel the value of my work from someone who does not perceive reality like me, which is 99.9% of the population. And so 99.9% of the population will not value what I have to offer. And so when I like lean into that perception, then I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> this do I don't even, what, does it even make any sense? Like what, what happened? Um, and then I have to remember that just because the majority of humans on the planet can't value what I do doesn't mean that my work's not valuable. And so then I have to slowly re-tap into what I personally find valuable. And then, okay, if I exist, then others somewhat like me exist. And then that starts to turn me back around. I think that that is that sort of like existential, am I completely invaluable is so relatable <laughs> to so many people, especially anyone with a creative pursuit or anyone who's running their own business and kind of like on their own in a way, you know, doing the counterculture thing perhaps, because there's almost like nothing to bounce off of a lot of the time when you're like working by yourself. So you can have this understanding of reality, like how you normally walk through the world and how you understand it. And then if there's like a slight little pebble that kind of like messes up, messes, like gets you off track, it can be really dysregulating to try try and write yourself. It's like being in like a, one of those float tanks that are black it's super dark and you're like, am I dead? <laughs> like, you know, you kind of have to like touch the walls of the float tank to make sure you're like still in there. <laughs> yes. And I think, you know, like you said, just because it's counterculture, getting back into the stream is difficult because there's less people creating the stream. Yeah. I will say though that in the stream that I'm in, there's less people, but the power they have is enormous and insane and so I'm like, okay, once I tap in and it's going to make me take me like a day to tap back in, then we're moving again and it's, we're all good. Mm-hmm. But that's, I think that's why I make so much art is because people like us need reminders all the time, every day. Mm-hmm. And to your point, the people who are in the same sort of wavelength as you are kind of like mind melding, like have access to the same maybe information. Mm-hmm. Um, they are so powerful and so yes. um, like earth They have a gravitational pull. Yes, absolutely. We are starting Creators Cashing In. It's our class. Formerly was called the Profitable Content Creator Lab. Creators Cashing In is part of the Notion for Magical Bodies universe, which means it's a live course that's hosted over a series of six days. Um, And Creators Cashing In is made for anyone who wants to make money off of content. So if you've been thinking about starting that podcast or that Substack, or you want to build a course or a membership community, you want to transform your service-based business into a product-based business to have more freedom to play and do things and exist and still make money and help as many people as you possibly can, Creators Cashing In is made for you. It's one of my favorite classes that we teach because it is a big boy and it's infinitely valuable. We add more and more to it every year. We've been running it for the last, oh my God, four, three, three and a half years, four years. And it's just jam packed with goodness. Not only do you get the content of the classes, you get tons of email swipes for sales pages, for email sales, sales emails. You get notion templates. It is just a cornucopia of value and fun. And honestly, 
we get the best people who sign up for Creators Cashing In, which makes it on, that's what really makes it. Wallace and I are co-teaching this this round and class starts on Tuesday, March 14th. So if you want to get in, slide in now. I'll put the link in the show notes. And if you have any questions, feel free to DM us on Instagram at Holisticism and we'll get back to you. I am curious, you know, this series that we're going over right now on the podcast is like, how do we think about something that we've looked at in the past or that's been like, you know, in the zeitgeist, especially in the like wellness and spirituality space for a while. And we're kind of asking like, how do we look at manifestation now? Because it had, it's had so many like, you know, sort of bumps on Google trends from the secret and like, you know, 2009 to like 2014, 2015, it kind of got big again to some big like creators making manifestation a thing on TikTok. And first I want to just ask, do you consider timeline jumping like a manifestation cross? Well, actually, what do you think of the word manifestation? How does it kind of like feel in your body? The word manifestation, I don't mind it. It's just kind of, it's like a, a neutral word, but I, I know that there's a ton of like meaning behind it when it's said, and I don't like the way that it's used a lot. And so I prefer not to use that word because when I use it that way, a lot of people interpret it as like all of these things that I'm not trying to say. Yeah. Like, how do they interpret it? Positive thinking, spiritual bypassing, you can just sit there and then suddenly something exists. And also just like mm, rules, like there's a lot of manifestation rules that exist, yeah. apparently, which I don't like to read about things that much, which I think, I don't know if we talked about this, but I'm kind of like, I'll, I'll read like, this is how you do this. And my brain shuts down. It's like, Hmm. I don't want to do it like that though. So I'm going to do it another way. And so I can feel all the rules and I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's like people look, are looking, we always are looking for like a black or white way to do things. The like most correct way of doing things. I think because a lot of us are afraid of being bad, right. To your point earlier, Mm -hmm. like really kicks you out of feeling value or knowing yourself. And I think manifestation, kind of like religion, the way that it's been mm-hmm. co-opted a bit, really scratches that itch for a lot of people. Yeah, totally. And the thing is, so like even with religion, I see why we need to have like rule systems like that because it's how we learn. It's how we like develop things. It's how we communicate. We use language and like even language is a system of rules, but mm-hmm. we use these things to pass information around. And so it's not like I want to do away with it, but I, I don't live within those. And so I don't like to speak as if I live within those because it's not true. And so I need to speak in a way that feels very free for me. Do you think that the way people, you know, the sort of what you're talking about, the manifestation that's gotten big on TikTok or on, on Instagram that has lots of rules and blah, blah, blah. Do you think that that is doing people a service or do you think it's actually not helpful or is it just kind of depends on the person? I think it's helpful for a large number of people, especially people who've come from religion because religion has so many rules. So I'm someone who believes in like accessibility when it comes to like improvement. So if you can grab on something that feels within reach, grab that. Yeah. And so I feel like a lot of those rules and regulations when it comes to manifestation 
gives people that feeling of like, okay, I have something to grab onto. And that is, that feels really like good and solid for me. I can definitely see it as detrimental for people like me who should not be listening to those things because they're like, ah, I am so restricted. And it's like, yeah, because you like, you're very big. Your energy is very <laughs> large. And you're going to lose your mind, actually, if you continue to try to abide by these things. And I don't mean big as like a, like a value judgment, like big is better, but my energy is so messy and chaotic and huge. And I don't know how else, like how another, another way to put that. Um, And so trying to contain myself, it makes me want to jump off a roof. And I feel like there's a lot of other people who are like that and they like, get really freaked out by like the new age movement they're like the new age movement is evil and it's like it's evil for you because you're not supposed to be listening to all that (laughs) yeah I really like that perspective and I think to your point of like you like lily pad to the next thing like almost like stair step up to what you can understand because you would break someone's like you might break someone's brain with what you're saying right now if they are what we call a spiritual baby someone who's like brand new to the whole thing and that's awesome that's great we're so happy you're here like keep keep going keep going at it but I, I like the idea too, that it's just for some people, they're going to come in hot and fast and like, they need to skip all the steps because that's just, it's almost going to like hurt them more. Yes, absolutely. And like, it's, it's funny because when I first got into this stuff, like I would try to read books, I guess, about manifestation or just like even new age things I would try. And I'm like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. And I don't get like, <laughs> <laughs> my, my brain's like, I don't see the point of this. I don't see the point. And I remember even recently of a friend of mine, we went to this like metaphysical store and I was looking around at all these books and I'm like, I don't know. My brain's like, how many things are there to talk about? I don't like, <laughs> but I guess there are a lot of things to talk about, but my brain's just like, I don't care. I don't care. And so I think because I know I'm like that, not only with spirituality, but just like in life where I'm like, I don't, I don't care about about this yeah. it made it a lot, i think easier for me to trust that when i don't care about something when it comes to like spiritual rules that it's okay because there are a lot of like societal rules that when people would talk about them i don't my brain would be like you're saying a lot of extra things which i <laughs> i attribute that though to having west indian parents because like as some i was born and raised in america however being raised around a lot of americans i'm like there's so many weird like invisible rules that are unnecessary like and like weird professionalism things that my brain just cannot care about because I'm like it's a waste of time you're wasting my time and that's just how my brain works now I think that I mean I it's probably because of your upbringing but you're a projector right I'm a manifesting generator manifesting generator never mind I was gonna say like projectors like love to find the like hypotenuse or like the the most direct way to do things but I love efficiency like projectors do. Efficiency is great. Love that. Yeah. Like use less, fewer words. We can get the same message. It's all good. With manifestation, or let's let's talk about timeline jumping. When you teach it to someone who kind of comes in with desperation, because I imagine that happens, right? Like when we're feeling really stuck, we often like reach out and we find the things that we need. We find like our own medicine. How do you kind of, because you're so easeful about kind of what you do and what you create, or at least you make it look really easy and you make it look and feel really effortless. And I imagine that coming into it, like clenching your butthole really hard, hoping something's going to happen kind of interferes with the process. So how do you like help someone work through that? Well, I actually only have one rule about timeline jumping and it's don't do it when you're desperate. 
<laughs> and that's like, you know, when people say like, oh, you'll find love when you're not looking for it. And you're like, <laughs> how do I not be desperate? <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, I think that that, and, and my other, my other, like when I say when you're desperate, you need to sit down. That is <laughs> like, you need to sit down. <laughs> that is the best. I know people will say like a lot of, again, for me, like extra words about you need to do this breathing practice, meditate, but sit down, <laughs> sit down. Because, okay, so what happens when we're desperate is that there's, like, a ton of just energetic momentum. We're, like, we've, we've said all these things about what's bad about what's going on to the point where even sometimes it's, like, manifested in 3D reality where something terrible actually does happen. And at that point, there's so much high energy that you need to slow down the energy that's, that's moving around in your body. Trying to pivot suddenly to go somewhere else is going to possibly be catastrophic, and I don't recommend trying to like make things happen from that state. And I think because I'm so adamant about when you're desperate, sit down. I think people, they just know, I'm not even going to tell you, I'm not going to answer your question. I have nothing to say to you until you sit down and breathe or something. And then I'll be able to talk to you. Now, you're not having a good time. That's totally cool. We can, we can talk about that. We can move through that. But desperation, if it's to the point where it's like an extreme 3D issue, like it's abuse or like health is like your panic thinking you're going to die you need to go to a hospital call the police find these like 3d answers first before trying to go to energetic work you need to a way so that you can feel like okay this is happening and then from that place you can timeline jump but desperation i'm that's not my business you i'll talk to you when you're slightly away from desperation because me talking to you in desperation is not help. I'm not a police officer or a doctor. So that's not my business. It's also really hard to take in information when you're desperate. Like you filter, you have a filter, right? Where you're like, you could say something so benign to someone and they could take it in a completely different way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so funny. And I, I learned this from spirit because there was a time where I was panicking, <laughs> freaking out. I mean, it's happened several times, but there was one time that I remember in particular where I was freaking out about money. I'm like, I don't know pay rent but freaking out and i was like what do i do god what do i do spirit and all i heard was like relax and it, and it felt like such a firm like heavy voice there's no judgment in it there was no like meanness or but it was so firm and heavy that i was like oh <laughs> and i <laughs> i sat down and i was quiet and i was like oh okay i'm gonna sit down i was irritated because i'm like what do you mean relax like but i quieted down and I sat there for a couple minutes and then I saw a vision of American flag and I was like, what the f does that mean? <laughs> I just like kept looking at this vision of the American flag and then I like words appeared by it. And it was a company that my, the place that I used to work for had put money in a retirement fund or some sort of like fund for me that I totally like, I didn't, cause all I worked for that company maybe for like two and a half years, possibly three. And we only talked about it when I, started working there like the, the first couple right. like when, when you you yeah. know and they're like this is what's happening when you work here yeah and they like contribute to your IRA or something yes yeah. totally forgot and I can get money out of there so within like 15 minutes after the American flag and then the words came to me I like logged on the website and there's three thousand dollars in there and that like carved something in my brain where I'm like okay got it Re relaxing mm -hmm is great because I would not be able to receive a vision of an American flag and then see the words next to it. That wouldn't have happened if I was freaking out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it strikes me that 
well, first off, like when we're panicking, it's just like spiral, spiralic thinking, right? You need something to like interrupt that yeah. pattern and sort of jolt you out of it, out of that stream, back into like the other stream, right? And like relaxing in a time when that should be deemed as stressful is such a paradoxical move, right? And mm-hmm. I think that it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. sense for this version of this person. This version of this person who's broke, of course, they'd be freaking out. But to your point, in what you teach in timeline jumping, well, someone who had money wouldn't be they or who's confident around money or who's abundant, whatever you want to say. Like they would know that they got it. It's all good. Of course, they'd be relaxed. Yep. Yep. And I that's like part of what also helped me realize what timeline jumping was mm. because it's literally like I like embodied a different version of myself upon like I remember sitting on the ground and being like it, like it felt like I don't know I feel like I saw myself come out of me yeah kind of weird and I was someone else and this version of myself could see clearly what to do like clearly mm-hmm. what to do which is ridiculous but I really like how you keep saying you know what to do you see the world differently you you feel them, but you, you walk through the world differently versus I think like a lot of manifestation talk or whatever law of attraction is like, it'll just happen to you. Like you don't have to do anything on your couch and like everything will happen that you want. You'll get that amazing partner and that incredible job and that how that dream job or dream house that you wanted just like by writing it in your journal every day. And I would love to hear more about like action or how the active makes sense for you oh yeah I'm a big believer in taking action however I don't find that it's helpful to take action I think the reason why people talk about like it'll just happen it'll just it'll it'll just happen is because when you think that action is the way to get the thing you keep taking actions and like hoping for some sort of result which usually results in frustration it resolves in burnout it resolves it, it results in like people thinking that bootstrapping is how people got to where they are. And I feel action as a result of who you've chosen to be, that is what helps you get from one place to the next. The action doesn't always even need to be a big deal. The action doesn't really matter that much, but who you're being before you take that action, that's what matters. I feel like action is simply a vessel for your identity. That's all it is. So the identity first is everything. Just sitting there hoping for something to happen what identity is that? To me, that's kind of this like damsel in distress, hopeless. It's like another version of hopelessness in my opinion. And so when I'm being the one who knows what to do, to me that like, if I know what to do, I'm probably not just sitting there waiting for something. Mm -hmm. When you were talking, I kept picturing there, you know, like someone walking in a circle not all steps are created equal, right? We can we can walk and walk and walk in a circle forever. We can take the same act. We can be like so busy taking the same actions that keep us in the same place, or we can take a step forward <laughs> and 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 like, that's yeah. it. Uh, and you can I think that that's the difference or what you're talking about. Like some people, especially in business or in finding their purpose, they're like, I'm doing all the things. Like I'm doing so much stuff. I'm doing all the things. Why isn't it working? And it's kind of because they're they're just like laughing themselves you know yeah and uh, this makes me think of something like entitlement and how 
And entitlement, to me, I see entitlement as something that's very neutral, actually, but we have two forms of entitlement. We have entitlement where you actually don't believe you deserve the thing and entitlement where you actually do believe you deserve the thing. When you don't believe you deserve the thing and you're entitled, then you're like, why isn't it happening? Why can't I get it? And it reminds me of like a man, think not not just a man, because it happens with women. Too. I'm entitled to this person's body. Why can't I have their body? Yeah. Whereas the person who knows that this person like is their partner, they're like, yeah, of course, they're coming home to me. Like, that's my partner. Duh. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's a very different energy. And so if you decide, like, let's say in your business that whatever goal you want to hit that month is yours and you feel entitled to that, you're not taking action from this place of, if I do this, then I'm going to get the thing. If I do this, then I'm going to get the thing. And if I don't get the thing, then I'm pissed because I took the action. I should be entitled to this. But when you actually feel like I'm entitled to this and I'd like, deserve it. This is, I believe that I deserve it. I know that it's going to happen. It's a given and you move different. Like you don't, you're taking action in a very different way. Yeah. It's like the knowing, I know that that's going to happen versus, well, I just hope. And I think that on the entitlement piece, there's this cognitive distortion called heaven's reward fallacy, where basically you think if I'm good, I deserve good things. If I'm bad, I deserve bad things. And I think in the society that we live in that really like idolizes busyness and capitalism, if we work harder, we should get good things. Like why I'm working really hard. I'm busy all the time. I'm not sleeping. How come good things aren't happening to me or what I want to happen isn't happening to me. And that is like so hard to pull your brain out of when everyone is telling you that's just how it works, you know? That's when it's, I think what I'm lucky, I, I have, I have some privilege here, but when people would talk about hard work for some reason my brain just couldn't register what they were saying and I like I didn't it does not compute <laughs> my, my brain was like what do you mean by that and it doesn't mean like because at some point I was in school I had 16 credit hours and I had two jobs and the only reason I was doing that is because I'm like I have to do this to survive and also like I'm West Indian if I don't go to school my parents are like kill me I think so like I gotta probably I mean they're not really gonna kill me but like they might so like when I would hear people say like yeah you have to work hard you have to work hard my brain would be like what are y'all y'all are all saying this phrase hard work but none of you were talking about the same thing so what are you saying yeah and that's literally like how my I'm like you're saying hard work and that's what made me not believe in hard work honestly is that everyone was saying it it's because I'm like but you're all doing different things so Right. And and you don't have it. It's kind of like, yeah, like when someone wants to give you fashion advice, but you're like, but I don't really like, like what you're doing. So I don't even really take your advice. <laughs> and I do believe though, that some people find great value. Not even, I know that some people find great value in working hard and I, I'm attracted to that actually. And others, my partner is one of those people. And I like the feeling of when he's like, like doing the thing super attractive to me, but I think that's because he values hard work. But I think the issue is that people that don't value hard work, keep listening to people who tell them that hard work is the most valuable thing ever. And it's like, well, you're having a good time doing the hard work thing, but some of us did not come here for that. Yeah. And that's, and I'm one of those people. Yeah. Or the so. hard work is more enjoyable than the like reward or the thing that they say that they want. Right. Like it's, it's pleasurable. Exactly. Like we're digging, like being, like muscularity can feel really good, right? Like intellectual muscularity or whatever, even like physically. And you might like that more than like the thing that you say that you want, which is to have a really easy life. Yeah. Like, but I like working hard. It's fun. I don't know. Yes. There's something there. And so like, 
I'll, I'll have clients because I think, cause I'm so like about ease. Sometimes they're like, Oh, but how do I get to the ease part? And I'm like, do you like want that? Like, let's, I, I know I'm into that, but do you care about mm-hmm. that? And let's be honest about whether or not you care about that. And it's okay. If you value hard work, that's cool. But like, know that you're the one who values it. You, that's, that's on you. And that's, Totally fine. Love that for you. <laughs> Truly. Like not even being sarcastic. Judgment at all. Yeah. That's like what floats your boat. Yeah. Just don't tell me to. That's <laughs> my only thing. Just don't tell me that I need. So if someone's in a, in a place of like realizing maybe they want to shift out of really loving hard work and like prioritizing that first and maybe embodying more ease, what's the first thing that you tell them to do? I'd ask them, what do you love about hard work specifically? So, because if they're, if you're, if you're desiring to shift out of it for any, well, actually before that, I'd say, why do you want to shift out of hard work? Is it because you think that not working hard is the correct thing to do? Do you think that like, that's the spiritual, like easeful white clothing thing to do? Mm -hmm. Or do you actually like, you feel like it's time for you to shift out of working hard one. And if you loved hard work, what did you, what specifically did you love about that? And what are you wanting to like shed away from that? Like, why do you want the change? So I'd say like, if you, if I have a client who's, they're working really, really hard to, I'm like, like a, like a film person. They're like, okay, I'm working super hard at getting these films produced. And I just want to find a more easeful way to do it. I'd ask them like, well, what parts are you actually not liking? And they might say, I don't like having to reach out to people. And I'm like, cool. So you want to be able to like, you want to be able to continue to do like the production work and like be doing that kind of hard work. Don't try to get rid of that. Because if you are saying to yourself, I want ease, I want ease. And you're ignoring the part of yourself that's like, wait, no, no, no. I like, I like this specific aspect of hard work. You're not going to let yourself have the ease. You won't because you're like, but this is very important to me. Why are you trying to get rid of the thing that I love? That's weird. Right. And it's like so, in the same place. And it's like they can't separate it, right? It's like it all kind of comes together. Yes. So find the the essence, like that that thing that you enjoy from the hard work and hold that and then let that be carried into your next identity. And then the other ones can shut away, but get specific about what you actually like. Mm. P, these are all so good. And I was just thinking about what what you were talking about with rules and manifestation. And I love that all of your, from your perspective, it sounds just like kind of an experiment. Like, yeah, you're just going to have to see what, there's not like a hard and fast way to do it. Like you got to figure out how to separate those feelings and like, I can't do it for you. But that's part of the, like, I guess the work of like being a person, you know? Yeah, that's the game. To me, at least. I feel like that's, and that's like the art making process. I feel, and I like to call myself the galactic bob because I like to feel like, <laughs> like an art teacher, art teacher vibe. But like an art teacher's job is not to show you exactly how to paint just like they paint. It's just like, well, here are the general like things that you want to play with. For instance, like uh, balance in art or harmony this is this is contrast teaching you these kind of general things but within that you can make whatever art you want Mm -hmm. yeah and as the teacher it's kind of like maybe try this but hey if you like what you're making like keep doing it dude it's it's okay if it's not for me and that's literally the vibe of all of my art teachers that i've ever (laughs) had where they're like you could try this one play with it like this And then if I ever came to them with like, okay, I specifically want this effect with this kind of paint, 
then they could say like, okay, I can see what you're wanting. I can see like the specific aim that you're going at. And I understand how one can create that like texture. Mm-hmm. I can help you create that texture, but I need you to find out that you want that texture first. Yeah. You have to kind of like, artic- like put language to it or like identify what you want first, like yeah. pretty clearly. And there's still like more than one way to get that texture, yeah. right? Like one teacher yeah. might tell you one thing and it, that strategy totally works. And then your next teacher, yes. I feel like actually you can just use like aluminum foil and go like this and, and there you go. Yeah, it's an easy way to do it. What do you think the future of sort of like manifestation talk is is going to go or manifestation conversation? I kind of feel like it keeps recycling itself. Do you think it's going to get out of that circle or that spiral and eventually like, you know, kind of elevate or, or not? Mm. I, so I relate like manifestation content to any sort of like improvement modality. So like fitness content or nutrition content, it's all kind of the same thing, but like different colors. And so I would, I would assume that it's going to be the same way that like fitness content evolves. And so more and more people will find like their specific like thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, there's this fitness creator that I love to follow. I don't listen to any of her advice because I just like to do whatever I want, but <laughs> I really like her because she's like, okay, the goal of fitness is not just to lose weight. It's to like be healthy. And she's someone who also will like say like, if you're restricting junk food, that's, you don't have to do that. You can like eat junk food and you can eat like this. And I like how free she is with her, her clientele and how, like how there's a lack of judgment. And I'm like, Ooh, I want to like treat my work kind of like she treats her fitness work yeah. where it's not this, like, this is how you do this. And if you do this, then everything sucks. You've failed. Right. The extreme. Yeah. And so I, I relate it to like fitness things. That's encouraging. It seems like more people will like unclench and maybe throw the rules out the window and, or maybe like create their own meaning making systems, you know, yeah. as opposed to like just subscribing to one thing at a time, which it does seem like we're kind of, picking from the buffet of like everything that we have to offer and like all these incredible, incredibly knowledgeable people like you, you want to call yourself a teacher. I don't know if you want to call yourself a teacher or not, but where you can like, I like what you're saying about that. And I, maybe I'm going to throw that other thing that you said away. It doesn't feel applicable to me. And that kind of feels like what you, and how you feel about cancellation, right. Or like being, your, showing yourself online. Like you don't have to agree with hundred percent of what I say. It's okay if you, if you don't, and it's in fact, it's okay if you hate something I said, but that doesn't mean you have to hate me and everything I do. Yeah. And I, my personal perception is that the amount of, I'd say like hatred or like intense emotions that you have towards, especially like a stranger on the internet the only reason it's bringing that amount of emotion up out of you is because there's meaning that's that's being made behind it. And there's some sort of like fear that either one, you might be like this or two, that someone like this can destroy you. Huh. And th- that these, and so I'd play with, okay, let's talk to the part of yourself that thinks you're like this or is like this and you're, you're actively hating them. Yeah. Or two, the part of you that thinks that this person can destroy you. Let's get to the truth of that and like recreate safety in your body. Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. They threaten your like way of your existence, like your way of being destroy you, yeah, mm-hmm. destroy your worldview. And that's like so yep. scary and triggering. Turn your world upside mm-hmm. down and like, you'll never be able to recover and you'll have to divorce your husband and like become a yoga 
Right? Yes. Ollie, you know? Yeah. And it like feels like true destruction is what this person could, could bring to your reality. Wow. Okay. That is so profound. And it feels like so correct because someone who does show you a different way when you're like so married to life sucking or life being this way, it opens the door to like, well, what else could I be wrong about? Or what else have I made my mind up about that's pliant or pliable, mm-hmm. including my identity? And then that gives you, you know, that takes you down a pathway of like, who am I? What am I here to do? That like sort of existential ennui, I think a lot of us maybe feel. And that's, that's partially why like I prefer to be found by people who my work won't destroy their concept <laughs> of self. Um, no, that's usually, that's usually good. <laughs> I, I prefer not to to make that my job. Although there are people who like to do that. Too. They're like, I just, I love to trigger the weather, whatever in other people. And I'm like, I don't like to trigger the whatever in other people. I don't want to do that. Yeah. That's not really what I'm into. Yeah. But it's best that people who can't understand what I'm saying, don't try to understand what I'm saying before they're ready to understand like what I'm saying. Because I'm like, you need to create some inner compassion for yourself. You're going to have to find ways to be kind because my work is all about improvement and development. And if you can't find a way to be somewhat compassionate or kind to yourself, you're going to hate yourself if you try to do my work. And I'd rather just not be seen by you. So I tell reality that I want to be seen by people who are ready to see me. And that's it. That's what happens. And and I think I've heard you say before, if you're holding an identity or trying to jump a timeline into something that's like that you're not ready for, that you can't hold yet, then like it's not going to stick. Like the you don't have the muscles to hold it yet, to hold it up. Yep. And you might even be hard on yourself for the fact that you can't hold it. And so that's why I try to talk so much about like, and it it sounds boring. I think that's why people don't like to do all the time. But (laughs) I think people are really understanding that like, when you grab something that you can actually grip and hold, it's so much easier to like climb the mountain but if you try to jump and like leap for something that you can't hold and you fall a lot more difficult to climb the mountain but you like you might reach the mountain so fast just by grabbing what you can hold hmm. you might get to the top so much more fast than if you just kind of kept trying to like leap and jump to get to the top mm-hmm. so i'm just picturing a video game in my mind right now and, and every time you leap you know, you you have to start over from the bottom. Yeah. And the thing is, it doesn't mean you can't ever take a leap. I think like there's times where I've taken identity leaps, but it's like, I knew I could hold that. I like, I'm like, this is a bit of a stretch, but I can see how far away it is. And I'm like, I can get there and I'm going to be good. But desperation is often what makes you try to jump further than you're ready for. And that's why I'm like, don't (laughs) jump anywhere. (laughs) Sit down. Yeah. (laughs) Take a <laughs> drink some water, eat some food, you know, that's yeah, it. literally like <laughs> Western parenting. I think that's what comes through. Cause my mom's like, take a walk girl. And I'm like, first of all, I'm not a girl. Um, but, secondly, <laughs> but like, take a walk, go outside, drink some orange juice. And I'm like, orange juice specifically that's anyway. for the blood sugar, you know? Yeah. What is that saying? Like, if you think everyone's mad at you, take a nap. If you're mad at everyone, eat a snack and like, you don't <laughs> And everything will be right in the world. It's it's so true. Yeah. Hey, what do you have coming up like that people can participate in? I know you've got a bunch of classes on your website that people can buy and enjoy timeline jumping on their own. And you certify mm-hmm. people in timeline jumping, right? You like teach them how to do it for yes. each other's. Yes, yes. Let's see what's coming up. Is anything coming up? <laughs> I just dropped something that's like a reality creation for skeptics. And it's it's not to like convince skeptical people that they create their reality, but it is for people who believe sometimes that they create their reality or they want to believe that they create their reality, but they have resistance to that. It's just this like 20 minute audio classy thing that I had like 
the inspiration to make literally i think yesterday the day before that i was like i need to make this oh yeah that exists as for things coming up i have no idea <laughs> we'll see i i'm very chaotic you're, when it comes you're always putting out cool stuff whether it's paid or free and you're one of the people that i when i follow on instagram i star your content so it always comes up or else it gets lost in the shuffle. And I love everything that you do. You just had a really cool sweatshirt collab, right? With yeah, yeah, Christy Dawn. Yeah, that was amazing. I was like, get it, P. I mean, incredible, so cool. I was so excited about that because my friend just did this like sweater collab with this other brand, and I'm like, I want to have a clothing collab. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, a week after they hit me up, I'm like, Wait a second. I can do that. <laughs> Great. Okay. <laughs> okay. And it, it was so cute. So cool. Great brand. Christy Dawn is an awesome brand. So yeah, they are. So, so great. I love watching you and learning from you. And I just love watching you grow and taking us on your journey. It's so cool. So thank you for being you. Thanks for being cool with that. Because <laughs> you really could keep all this information to yourself and just do your own thing. I don't I really wish I was more mysterious. That's and I said this on every single podcast. Every I'm just talking about it so much lately. I'm like, why can't I just shut up? But then I'm also like, I don't want to shut up. Why? <laughs> but it's fine. I can relate. I'm, I'm. I will never be a mysterious girly. I'm just like, I'm all out there. You know. Maybe one day. Yeah. It was so great to talk to you. How can people find you? And on the interwebs. At P the Fairy on Instagram is where I where I show up the most often. P the is also it. I don't recommend following my TikTok or my Twitter. <laughs> I don't recommend it. <laughs> TBH. Great. I you didn't have to bring it up. Now people are gonna go look. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, well, I mean you can. <laughs> Not for it, but it's cool. Do you like TikTok? Do you feel like it's like a? I do. I just get to, bleh. and that's, I think that's like what I like about Twitter and TikTok where I'm just like, bleh. Yes, <laughs> they, they're such a different energy. It's like Twitter is a dark room for me. Twitter is like a dark party house. That's what it feels like where you can like say weird shit. And then TikTok is just like nothing sticks. <laughs> it's like there's no memory. That's what it feels like on there. So you can just like do a bunch of stuff. It's fun. That's, TikTok is where I'm like, I look cute. <laughs> Let's share that with the world. Yeah. I look cute right now, and I'm going to share it. Yes, right now I look cute. So y'all are going to know that too. <laughs> oh, well, P, you are a gem. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I can't wait for everyone to go take your timeline jumping class. Thanks for having me. It's so fun. And that's our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you liked this, go ahead and smash that subscribe button. And if you can, give us five stars on Spotify and a nice little five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews help us get discovered by more people and they really make a difference. So thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing, for subscribing, and for upvoting this podcast. We really appreciate it. If you've gotten value today out of this then go ahead and follow P on Instagram and follow holisticism. You know, it's sort of a, sort of a, what they call it, MFM, a gentleman's gentle person's agreement. If you're getting value out of what we have to say, then you can go ahead and throw us an L, you know, throw us a follow. We appreciate it. What else is happening at holisticism? Next week, we are starting Creators Cashing In. It's our class. Formerly was called the Profitable Content Creator Lab. Creators Cashing In is part of the Notion for Magical Bodies 
universe, which means it's a live course that's hosted over a series of six days. And Creators Cashing In is made for anyone who wants to make money off of content. So if you've been thinking about starting that podcast or that Substack, or you want to build a course or a membership community, you want to transform your service-based business into a product-based business to have more freedom to play and do things and exist and still make money and help as many people as you possibly can, Creators Cashing In is made for you. It's one of my favorite classes that we teach because it is a big boy and it's infinitely valuable. We add more and more to it every year. We've been running it for the last, oh my God, four, three, three and a half years, four years. And it's just jam packed with goodness. Not only do you get the content of the classes, you get tons of email swipes for sales pages, for email sales, sales emails. You get notion templates. It is just a cornucopia of value and fun And honestly, we get the best people who sign up for Creators Cashing In, which makes it, that's what really makes it. Wallace and I are co-teaching this this round and class starts on Tuesday, March 14th. So if you want to get in, slide in now. I'll put the link in the show notes. And if you have any questions, feel free to DM us on Instagram at Holisticism and we'll get back to you. All right. I would love to see you in class and... I hope that I just, I can't wait to hear what you thought about this episode. So let us know, tag us in your stories on IG and that's it. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the internet. Bye.